0: I think I made close to ten thousand rand within a couple of hours, just from that video blowing Crazy. up, and that—that that was the biggest returns that I've ever gotten off organic views. Now that was zero ad spend.
1: Think about that, everybody. Think about this. It's something new. and...
0: Oh, you think you're better now because you're up?
1: I'll be very honest with you. I think I just wanted to dive deep into something that a lot of people have been. So um, Levi, welcome to the show, bro.
0: Thanks for having me, bro.
1: Yeah, can you actually give me like the the two the little two minute rundown of who you are, how we got to shopping, like that? Okay, cool.
0: Okay, so I recently started my journey of entrepreneurship in Jan. I actually read a book. I read a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and that inspired me to know to start my own dropshipping store. And from there, I've scaled <laughs> yep. up, you know, I've opened up more businesses, mostly in the e-commerce industry, because I'm really familiar with that. And, you know, it's been fun. It's been really fun. I enjoy it. Like, a lot of people ask me, you're always working and stuff. What do you do for fun? And I say, bro, this is fun. This is what
1: I enjoy doing. But Like, that, that that's what a lot of people who aren't really, like, rooted in this sort of, like, world don't understand. Like... I mean, a lot of my friends also asked me the same question. Like, um, what are we in right now? July. I think it was the holiday before this one. Um, yeah. Like, all of my friends were like, bro, come hang out. And like, I was straight in the grind. Like, like, dog, when do you ever time to have fun? I'm like, bro, I have fun every second of every day. Like, this is what I love to do. I mean, the way we were connected is pretty cool. My friend Angelo from school introduced me to you. Um, so can you, to everybody listening, can you, can you explain to the audience what the hell is a dropshipping store and how did you get into that whole space?
0: OK, so a dropshipping store is, is it's an online store, but you don't actually have the product in stock. So it's more like um, you're the middleman. So you take mm-hmm. and let's say a customer orders from your store. You put a markup on that price. Once the order comes in, you then take that information and place it with the supplier. The supplier will ship the product directly to your customer. So all you doing is Mm -hmm. linking
1: the supplier with the customer. And how did you how did you get to know about dropshipping?
0: So I knew about dropshipping since last actually last year, October or something like that. And I really wanted to get into it. And I think halfway building my store, halfway through building my store, exams hit, and then I got distracted. So then um, after Mm. exams, I kind of like forgot about it. You know, didn't really continue going going through with it. And then in jan i picked it up again since i read the book richard for that then it inspired me to you know hop on the grind again and then i picked it up did it more thoroughly more properly yeah. and it took off and i was quite surprised yeah so
1: so what you're basically talking about is shopify drop shipping you know like like something that's very important to me on this podcast is being able to put listeners and people who watch this in video form into a perspective where they can understand the opportunity that's in front of us um you start a shopify store with $29.99 a month you know get the whole drop shipping gig going on a branded store um and within a day, you're in the e-commerce business. Like, so long ago, this would have taken so much longer with documentation, all of these other processes, but we are able to start this and see successes out of it. And, you know, like, I'm... I like results. Res, I think results are very important. It's very fun to talk about all of this and it's all heady, but, um, you know, I know you've seen some success with the dropshipping store. Could you sort of in a broad way sort of, like, expand that for me and how how did you like what are some things that you tried and then you failed before you found success with dropshipping and then what was your sort of like eureka moment
0: so dropshipping was the first sort of side hustle you can say that I started and oh, for real? yeah surprisingly straight off the start that was it was successful like within the day of opening I had my first sale but a lot of people think when you see mm. success, it's only about, you know, the profits. But that's not that's not the case. With dropshipping, the other success that I've had is I've gained so much experience in the e-commerce business that I was able to scale beyond dropshipping stores. And I wouldn't know how to do that if I didn't start with dropshipping. Yeah. So you gain a lot of experience. Yeah, you're saying gone. Yeah. So once you gain a lot of experience, it's much easier to scale. And, you know, you find yourself in this, in this um, industry of e-commerce. And I, I think e-commerce is better than commerce, you know, like retail stores and stuff, because you can always bring your store to the customer. It's not like you're situated in one spot. You can go anywhere.
1: It's a 2021 world. Like, like this is what we're living in right now. You know, um, I, it's just extremely fascinating to me that 10, 15 years ago, we had to depend on foot traffic and people walking past your sign. And, you know, we had to guess all these different factors. But like you said, now you can bring the store to the customer. So, I mean, I'm somebody who recently got into dropshipping as well. Haven't seen major success with it, I'm not gonna lie. I'm still testing out a bunch of ideas. But um, you helped me a lot in that, in that road, in that process. And ever since then, I've I've started to see more steady sales. I've started I've started to see like when when we so, when you talk about e-commerce, one like pillar, important part of that whole business model is getting traffic to your store. And for a lot of people who want to get into this you know you you start most people with a decent budget will start off in something like Facebook ads or TikTok ads or Snapchat ads or any other ads platform or or PCP thing that can sort of they can sort of use as the mediator to bring traffic to their store and yours was something that I'm seeing to be on the rise something that for some reason a lot of people still haven't caught onto. and even I myself I talk about it so much but I, I, I struggled to apply it within this business because I just didn't see it that way. And I'm talking about TikTok, bro. Please could you talk to me and talk to everybody else. How serious of a business opportunity and environment like TikTok is for you and how you've been able to make that work?
0: Now, I think TikTok, TikTok is seriously broken, in other words. It's so easy to blow up and reach thousands, millions, reach millions of people on the platform. I know people that run dropshipping stores on TikTok, completely organic advertising. They don't pay anything and they are making your revenue like a million rand a month. They are making huge returns on TikTok and that's without any social media marketing, Facebook marketing, any ad campaigns, Google ads, nothing. It's completely organic. So I think Mm -hmm. TikTok. To so start off with, if you have no marketing budget, it's one of the best things. And like,
1: I, I'm always like, I'm thinking about the demographic of people that listen to this. I mean, there's entrepreneurs the people who want to build their personal brands. There's low kids who want to start in something new. And really funny, yesterday I was talking to um, somebody that, one of my friends, somebody who I started going to the gym with like pretty recently. Actually, I bumped into him at the gym. Um, and he was talking to me about a business idea that he had about, you know, restaurants and bringing different cuisines under one roof and, and stuff like that. And, and by the way, like, I know he's probably going to put me on blast for putting out his idea, but my belief is that ideas are shit and, like, all the juice is in the execution. So, if you're first to market with it, you're probably going to do well with it if you, if you know what you're doing. But anyway, um, we were talking about that, bro, and, like, he was breaking down the, his whole business model to me, and I was, like, I was just pressing... I was pressing TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. I was pressing TikTok. I was pressing LinkedIn. I was pressing um, platforms like Instagram Reels. All of these right now are acting in a way that's disproportionate to the people putting out content that is valuable because the supply and demand ratio is out of this world. Like I, this is how I articulated. This is how I've seen. You've like, can let's let's talk actual tangible numbers and figures. Like, like if if you're comfortable getting into those those sort of things. Um, like, sort of views that if you've been able to amass? Because I want people to actually see the actual impacts of something like this. Like, views of organic reach with a new account that you've been able to get and how that has translated into sales. Okay,
0: so one of my... My most viewed TikTok was, I think it was in Feb. In Feb, um, a video blew up on TikTok, it got about I think now it's sitting about 1.2 million views or something like that around that number, and sales within one day. I was surprised, you know. I think I made close to ten thousand rand within a couple of hours just from that video blowing Crazy. up, and that that was the biggest returns that I've ever gone off organic views. Now that was zero ad spent, no money at zero. and at that time. My supplier was giving me, like, quite good rates on the product. So, most of that was profit. About, I would say, about 70% was profit.
1: And you've got no overhead costs, bro. You've got no, like, I can imagine there's there's no employees. that You're not paying anybody for, you're not paying ad spend. There's no mediators. That was all organic traffic. And I think why I'm so frustrated and passionate about this is because... I think about the kid who says, "I want to start a podcast, but I don't know how to get viewers onto my thing." And they don't understand that the gateway to success is in their content. I imagine that video with 1.2 million views. Like, what if it was a teacher who had a link in her bio giving away free lessons? Imagine what the, what that would have done for students. What if it was somebody you know trying to sell shoes? What if it was somebody standing up for a good cause? I think i think as humans and i'm not saying you i'm saying us us as humans we do a bad job of layering common sense onto these things because we like especially our demographic because like we grew up with this stuff we don't know how big it actually is and um for me the more interesting conversation here is you use dropshipping as many of us do as a stepping stone to your next venture so what for you What what is that next venture I know you're currently uh, doing something in the e-commerce space right now
0: yeah so one of the recent businesses that I opened up that I'm seeing quite big success with it's actually take a lot private labeling so what you do is you set up a take a lot seller account and um, you use research and things to get products together you can even build your own brand I'll talk about that in a sec and you list your products on take a lot and the easy part is un- unfortunately the um, how can i say this the most successful way to advertise is use their ppc now P- ppc is pay per click so you of pay course. take a lot you pay take a lot to advertise for you so and i'm quite surprised because even with on the lowest budgets you get huge interaction like you reach a lot of people with not really, it? Like, too much ad spend yeah so i'm i was okay. quite impressed with that so yeah now i think dropshipping made me very familiar in the e-commerce industry and what gave me this idea is um amazon fba you see a lot of people in the usa doing something called amazon fba which is fulfilled by amazon yeah. uh, and you know i wanted to do that but then i realized there's nothing there's no amazon fba in south africa so the next big thing is take a lot take a lot is like our it's Amazon our eBay. so then I, Mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly so it's I our English. biggest e-commerce platform so that's where i got the idea and then at first actually i got rejected first so the first time i applied for the application um you had to have a registered business you know legal documents bank account business bank account of course. and um when i first submitted my catalog i actually got rejected and that that was really
1: demotivating and why did they reject the you step. why because you didn't have the the documentation
0: no, no, no. I had, I had everything in place. I just think that my product catalog wasn't, it wasn't efficient enough. Oh, it wasn't so, appealing to them. Yeah, I think, I think that's all. Okay. It wasn't appealing to them. So then, um, I didn't give up. I went and I resourced more products. I improved my catalog. Um, I saw what they didn't have, and whatever they didn't have, that's what I gave them. And when I it so to the second and time, now at this point, approved. are you, you're I mean, not dropping anymore,
1: right? You're now, no, 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 you're now am, sourcing products. Oh, you you no, still no, no. wear
0: I, I still am drop shipping yeah yeah that drop shipping okay. is, you know it's not it doesn't take up too much of my time so it's it's nice to have it as a as another stream of income you know
1: i mean i mean with within the take a lot environment are you are you drop shipping there or are you then no, getting a no, no. the product and then no. selling them?
0: yeah with take a lot you have to you have to buy the product first and you actually store them okay. in the warehouse yeah. in the yeah in the dc so i have to import um, products in bulk from the suppliers in China. And then I have to, you know, package them, put barcodes, everything, set them up Mm -hmm. and then ship them to the take a lot DCs. And then once somebody orders take a lot, obviously goes and packages it in their packaging and they send it to the customer. So that's Mm -hmm. why it's fulfilled by take a lot.
1: Got it. Yeah. They fulfill the orders. Got it. Oh, okay. And, like, does, does the fulfillment centers also work on your website as well? Because I see, I see now you have super fast shipping times, bro. Like, crazy stuff. Like, I think it was two to five days.
0: Yes. So, now, with, with this, one of my stores is, it's actually partial drop shipping and some stock. So, from, now, with South, drop shipping from South Africa, when people order from South Africa, shipping times are long. It's, like, you know, two to three yep. weeks. They're going to wait. So, um, I got quite a good idea. I source some products to keep in bulk, yeah. And just for myself, you know it's probably like 50 50. 50% is net na- is international and 50% is national. So for the national yeah. orders I just send from the stock that I'm holding. And for international holders, my sub international um buyers, my supplier will send. so I can offer free shipping all over. Yeah.
1: I mean that's that's you're in you're in Matric bro. No man, I'm in grade 10. I'm only 16 bro get out of here bro please stop stop i'm about <laughs> to lose it right now I'm, I'm literally about to lose it right now I, no, like bro we'll i think it, you you are <laughs> bro you're the poster child for everything that i've been preaching for the last four months um one thing one thing i've really been thinking a lot about bro I, i'm i'm always you know there's there's good things that i've been fortunate enough to have set up right now and you know better like sources of income networks are getting better you know you just you just you know you know this more than anybody just hustle constantly reaching out to people constantly working trying to see what's what's better than than what you're doing right now improving your processes and i think um for the african one thing i've been thinking a lot about is how this message or this whole um this whole truth that i'm actually trying to preach can apply to an african demographic And I think one of the things that we struggle with as people in Africa, South Africa, to to be even more specific, is that like like if you think about how you started your dropshipping store and the YouTubers that you first seen, most of them are from America. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So I think the biggest client base is the USA. That's where you get most of the sales from.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. And like and and that's true. the back end of the business how to operate it becomes a lot more different when you're operating in an african market there's other things that we have to consider so and we have and one of my biggest things is that we have role models or people that we look up to or idolize that have done it in a western society but we don't have a lot of people who we can sort of look to as practical practitioners of the things that are actually happening in in today's world i look at you levi somebody who has you know like and do you know what what i have this sense and i have this feeling and please agree with me or disagree when you started drop shipping did you did you actually know what you were doing did you think well it was gonna i, get I you? had
0: a, a rough understanding because before i started before i like you know bought the domain and put in some money i did a lot of research like a lot of research i watched a lot of youtube videos yeah. podcasts i listened to a lot of people and i got a lot of different perspectives on drop shipping you know some people said dropshipping was dead some people said that there's still a lot of potential and I was like, you know what? Uh, it's not gonna hurt me. I'm young. I'm not. It's, it's not gonna affect me. I'm young. I should just do it's it. Fair. I f- I yeah. sent I sent it and it turned out quite well. I wasn't suspecting, I wasn't,
1: uh, yeah. I can already tell you're, like, a really thoughtful person just from, like, first acquaintance. But, but like, I think where that question was more headed towards was, like, I know you did your due diligence, I know you did your research, but did you actually ever think this, this was going to end up in Levi having stock and take a lot? Did you ever think any of this was ever going to come to the point that it is right now? No, no,
0: never. Like, I remember one of my... Um, Take a lot DC shipments. I went with uh, one of my drivers there to deliver the stock. And I was uh-huh. sitting there thinking, I said, like five months ago, I started off a small drop shipping store that I made like 200 rand in one day and I was the happiest, you know, I've ever been. Of course. Now to, <laughs> to this, feeling, I'm like, I'm like, in, in five months, I got from there to here. Yeah, it, it, it was shocking. Seriously. Like, but, bro, you,
1: please just say that again, bro, for everybody listening. <laughs> How many months...
0: Five months from a small dropshipping store to three successful e-commerce businesses. And all I'm ever trying
1: to push in kids, bro, is all I'm ever trying to push in my friends and my peers is patience. And I know that when you're, like like you're saying, I feel like even though it happened for you relatively quickly, you're only winning right now because you were in the long-term mindset. You didn't think, okay, because now you're going into private labeling and actually having your own stock and trying to build something more sustainable. So I think like my whole thing is one thing that I'm learning from observation and from actually doing some of these things is when you actually have a long-term mindset into the things that you're trying to do, when things come quickly, you won't end up like the 99% of people wear dips. You will actually, you will take the high step like what you did ended up private labeling on, on, on take a lot. And you're 16, bro. You're in grade 10. Like, like what are we talking about here? <laughs>
0: Now, what I see with a lot of people is they try to get rich quick. In other words, you know, they don't build the foundations. I see people dropshipping. They don't have, you know, proper procedures in place. They, they, um, how can I say this? They uh, policies. Their policies sure. are not in place. They don't have um, sustainable suppliers. Their suppliers mess them around, which in return, they mess the customers around. And that's not that's not how you're supposed to do doing drop like you take advice from amazon and you know the ceo of take a lot i think it's um uh something read or something like that
1: and what, what does he say
0: they they number one they number one um like the center of their business plan is customers always come first now if you take that advice coming from amazon that's and take a lot you see how you see how big they are you know that's advice you're going to want to consider
1: that of is course, being advice. being. Consumers trick is number one. Um, clients that I've worked with, bro, in the agency, um, I, I, I see a lot of people who come in and they're very confused about my approach in, in marketing or sort of um, trying to distribute content within these channels. And they don't understand um, that, like, if, if you're selling a product, you making 27 different pieces of content on how not to use me will be the ultimate reason why somebody uses you. Because I think within, within these channels and content, which let, let me remind everybody again, was the unlocking key and the gateway for you. Content was the thing that like, of course you had backend procedures. The business model was set up fairly decently. You had things that you had to set up in place, supply chain, all of these other things, but it all came together in the content and your communication with the, with the consumer. And if that was, and if it's, it always has to be in service to the person that you're trying to get in front of. And then it works. And then, of course, you get the Levi's here and there who post uh, a TikTok. And it says Cat Noir. And it gets 600,000 views, bro. And, and it blows my mind. But I also, like, I also think there's something to be said about, about smaller dropshipping stores. For now, by the way, don't get confused smaller dropshipping stores like mine who are still getting like seven thousand, two thousand 2000 views on a video but what people don't realize is i hear a lot of people saying well that's not enough you're not going to get anything from that but people don't realize is that translates to 300 to 600 link clicks and out of that two to five people buy a product worth 30 to 50 dollars like you have to weigh the, the different options so that's that's something that i've i've, I've really been um observing your journey has been like, I know minimal about it, bro, but I'm, I've, I'm very excited to be in the beginning of this and sort of document um, with you where this has been going. So, I mean, I'll ask you a question that I ask a lot of people. Levi Moodley, 16 years old, um, in grade 10. Let me ask you something that probably you haven't heard a lot of. When you're 90 years old, bro, and you look back at your life, what do you want to yeah. say you would have That's done? That's
0: number one thing is that if I took rest. If I was afraid of risk, no, I, I wouldn't. I would. I would think that I failed at life, to be honest, because risk is what makes it fun, it's what makes it exciting. If I didn't risk, like that—that's your KPI to risk. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Risk can do a lot of things for you. It seriously right. can. Right. Because if mm-hmm. I didn't take the risk to start that small dropshipping store in Jan, I wouldn't be where
1: I am today. A thousand percent, Bro, I'm, I'm really excited to show people this this is crazy and so like in the your, your answer like in the macro you would say you, you would have just wanted to take a lot of risks
0: yeah and a lot of people they get scared and they fall out halfway when things get hard like they see they have legal things to do and that scares them like i remember when i was setting up my payment gateway now payment gateways those are a bit complicated because you, you need you me me being 16 i don't have the sufficient documents do that mm-hmm. so i had to use obviously my parents documents and that scares a lot of people you know people run away under pressure but one of my sayings that i love to say is you know diamonds form under pressure that's how it is
1: a thousand percent bro i mean it explains why you're why you're at this place that you're at i think like you got something that was not capital intensive. And I mean, there's, what really interests me about this whole thing is, I mean, there's, there's 30 and 40 year olds, bro, who are, who wish that they were in, in your position in one way or another. Like whether whether that, for me, happiness is my number one at the top of the list. Like if you had to ask me that question that I just asked you, I would want to say that I lived a happy life. And I know that because I'm I'm working hard and doing the things that I love to do, money will be a byproduct of that but I think happiness is my KPI but I mean I think of you know I think of certain people or teachers or maybe coaches at school that have other passions that um you can tell are not passionate about what they do and they'd much rather be doing painting music or some other day and they don't and they wish they were in the position that you're in and I just I want to get to this place where I understand like, I'm a young kid and I understand, like, we're young children and how this can come off and it can sound very one-dimensional and very elementary. But I think, like, th- there's just... There is just an, an incredible amount of opportunity to be had in content that provides value for the end of... Like, value, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, for the person who, who ends up receiving it. I I think, Levi, you know, you know, with your brand, and as this goes into something um, that becomes a lot more sustainable for you, I'll, I'll be very excited to watch that journey. You know, w- paying attention to where a lot of the stuff is going, I think it'll be very important for you to set up the infrastructures. Now, let me go into what that means. I talked to this kid yesterday who wanted to start up, start up his restaurant chain. I was surprised. He had a decent amount of capital to actually start up that thing. And he was asking me, bro, I know you've worked with with people. You've helped um, some people's businesses grow through these uh, channels for distribution. How do I do that for for the same thing for me? And I was literally telling him about documenting the process of him not knowing what the fuck he's doing right now, coming to a place where he actually ends up you know, having the roof. Or like, like in a world today where you actually don't have to people have... People are literally servicing people at scale by delivering food just using kitchens like you think of if you think of of an american example mr beast burgers if you want to think of something more african continental i mean think of your your favorite sushi place that doesn't have an actual standing it just has a kitchen that they operate from and then mr d does his thing so um bro i just i think that's something that's very interesting for somebody who is interested within the space. Okay, I don't know. Somebody's trying to call me. I need to decline this. For somebody who's interested in getting into dropshipping space, e-commerce space, what are you going to say? What word of advice would you give to that
0: person? So the person that's trying to start, um, uh-huh. I would say your biggest regret is not starting. That That is what you will regret the most because... And in your people, opinion, why do you think people don't start? I think they don't start because they're scared or they think they're going to fail. Or they think that somebody else already has the idea and have already, you know, taken up the industry and there's no space for them. I think that's mm-hmm. complete bullshit. That's not true. There will always so, be Like,
1: isn't it so much better just to try and then fail and then get yeah, the information yeah. from obviously. yourself? obviously.
0: Obviously. But even when you try and then fail, you, you learn something. They're not trying at all. When you fail, you will mm-hmm. know
1: why you failed and you'll know how not to fail in the future. Very. Exactly. So, I mean um i think we've we've pretty much covered like the meta stuff and all of that stuff that i wanted to talk about like in a business context um i don't think i've ever asked you this bro like like how are you like are you good how's life bro how's how's school <laughs> yeah it's good you know i'll always hate school so don't ask me about <laughs> that
0: but and yeah, it's good you know a lot of people we're think in the same, same chat my guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <it's good. laughs> A lot of people think you need like money to buy happiness, you know. Um, that's a different conversation. But you know what? If you're doing something Ooh, that you he's love, yeah. If you uh-huh. if you're doing something that
1: you're passionate about, even if it's not making you money, I promise you, you will still be happy. You will still be happy. Um bro, I w I I don't know if I told you this, but I had a I had a clothing brand when I was when I was when I was in grade ten, grade nine. It was called Paradox, and after two seasons it was really. I was in a really weird spot, aspiring entrepreneur, because I couldn't understand how I had sold out two collections, but my but I was going out of business because I didn't have enough capital. Like that that messed with my brain. I didn't understand what was going on. And then I realized clothing is something that was a very capital intensive business. I needed a lot of working capital as well. Um, and I learned a lot of experiences that I'm now applying to this business, the marketing agency, and stuff underneath it like the dropshipping store. Um, okay, what was my point? Why did I say this? I I had a big aha moment that I was just about to put out. Um, jeez, bro, what is the thing you said before? Sorry, please remind me. I had a whole point
0: before asking about passion, doing what you love, being passionate
1: about it, and you know, oh, you know, oh, yes, yes, yes exactly, yeah, exactly, a thousand percent. So, um, obviously through, through that, like. Um, recognition for the brand at a small scale came. Um, Obviously, with that comes money. And I think when you touch a decent amount of money when you're young or when you get to a place like even like stuff that you're doing and you're doing right now, you actually understand like people, it's very hard for people to calibrate it when you're not on either side. Like when you're not extremely in a bad position or extremely in a good position and somebody says money doesn't buy happiness, it's hard for you to believe that. But as obviously you're not going to go and move out right now of this, off this thing that is obviously going to grow but as somebody who's made money that I think any 16 year old would want to make for different reasons like what can how can you speak to that what can you say what's the for you what's the correlation between money and success
0: <sighs> I think a rich person will tell you that money is that success is not measured by money a poor person will tell you otherwise they'll say money success is measured by money so it all depends if you're doing it with passion or not. like if you're doing something that you hate, you hate getting up in the morning, you hate going to your job, you hate working, and you're getting a fat paycheck, you're not going to be happy. But if you're doing something, it's you, you're eager to wake up in the morning, you wake up early and you're excited to go do what you do, and you get like a minimum a minimum paycheck, you know what? you'll always be happy to work harder and you'll be, always be happy to scale that. And one day, when you're doing something that you're passionate about and you're making a lot of money while doing it, that is the ultimate happiness. That's a double then, win. yeah. Then that that yeah. will show you that money money can indirectly buy happiness, definitely, especially if you're doing it if you're making money while you're doing something that you love.
1: Well, I, I think money aids that that that's something like money aids. Money helps. Money helps you do a lot of things that you couldn't do in the past. But if like if you were if you were sad and and depressed. Obviously this isn't a knock for anybody going through any anything serious but if you're sad and depressed before the money what what makes you think that's going to change it when you're there? You're just going to be sad, depressed and rich now.
0: No, not well, not necessarily, you see because money money can buy you freedom. And with freedom you can do what you love, you can follow your passion and that's where the happiness well, comes.
1: Well, true, but but I mean bro, like even talking about um people who don't start businesses because like you said sometimes they're scared, they're scared to fail. Um, sometimes I de- sometimes people are dealing with the real insecurities and actual deep problems within themselves. Self-esteem is a big one that I'm starting to notice. And a lot of people, I mean, people use that as a method of control is actually something that I've be- began to pick up on these days. And I think for a lot of people, like, and I've seen it with people in relatively high places that have been blessed to interact with these days is that you see somebody in a well-off financial position but because in themselves they don't think that they can do something they don't do it and then yeah it i agree to with this. you bro i've also seen that i've seen that before i've seen that people with um, mm.
0: financially they're in a good spot mentally and emotionally no, they're in a very dark spot so, yeah i mean you know I, I don't really know what to say for people in that
1: situation but that yeah is a, that is a
0: good point that you
1: made there yeah I mean, but like, but like, a hundred percent. Like, I like what you said. Like, like you don't know what to say. One thing that I think about on this podcast a lot is, um bro, I'm I'm, I'm seventeen. <laughs> like, I'm literally I'm I I always try to highlight the fact that I am documenting, and I don't I, I'm not a guru at anything. I don't think I've, I've had nearly enough experience to talk about um many things that's why i stay away from clear that's why i stay clear from some topics but the things that i have some experience in, i will speak about and i'll bring on guests like you to bring value to people and i really hope for anybody listening that this has been um this has been valuable and worth worth your time with your listen um bro 35 minutes in one thing i can say is huge huge amounts of aspiration for you bro I've, i'm writing my finals this year um and you're in grade 10, you're in, you're, in, you're in an amazing position right now. I think um, what you've been able to do is, is incredible. And it's a real testament to the power of the internet. Um, things that are possible for us to be able to do and not just as kids. I'm, I'm, my whole thing is there's 30 and 40 year old moms who through the serendipity of time will end up listening to an episode like this. And my whole, th- my whole thing is please understand that maybe in six or seven years, it might not be TikTok or LinkedIn. It might be jib jab or hipper scapper. And, it, and you need to understand that probably putting out content on a platform like that, where it has value to the demographic that you're actually trying to reach and not taking from people and providing value will be the gateway into the key to your happiness. I mean, my whole thing is, I don't I don't think this is for everybody, but I think if you're in a position where you're complaining, and you're unhappy, and you wish that something would change in your life. I think it's something to try. I'm not about about to force anything down anyone's throat, but but thank you so much for being here, bro. I know. Um, what's the time now? Twelve forty. I know you got a dip in like in like twenty minutes, bro. You're going to Drakensburg. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Are you excited?
0: Yeah, I think it would be nice to relax and take a breather. And how long are you spending fresh, it? You know, I think we come back Friday. Yeah, so not not too long.
1: Oh, okay. But that's nice. What's today? Like Tuesday?
0: Yeah, that's nice. Yeah,
1: today's Tuesday. That's nice, bro. I mean, I hope you have a really nice uh four days then you I know you said you're like really into golf. Let me know how, how yeah. that goes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, bro.
0: oh thanks. Thanks for having me. That's was to fine, hear your opinion you know? on things. You know, it's
1: nice to see different perspectives yeah for sure bro amazing i always love having guests like you on this podcast and um i think you're a practical real life example you're a breathing walking example of all the things that we try and preach on this podcast so thank you for making that available bro thank you for making that possible yeah no problem problem. okay cool perfect thank you so much to everybody who tuned into this episode i hope it brought you some sort of value and um i'm gonna see you guys next time